Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, Worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. It's Believe in the Browns with Chuck Campisi and Tony Dick, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Tony, when we left last week, I said we probably wouldn't know who the general manager was going to be, and we don't. But I said we'll probably have... A great idea, a strong coaching staff assembled. That is not the case. That is a slight cause for concern. You mentioned who are the coaches that we have on staff currently other than Stefanski. Well, it will, they just recently announced that they're retaining uh, our special teams um, you know, head special teams coach Mike Pryfer, and then uh, Doug Coleman, um, who was the special teams assistant. I get that. I mean, our special teams, other than, you know, I, th I think I, I had a problem with our kicking uh, extra point uh, team. Certainly our punter, we're fine. 
there. But uh, I, I get keeping them. I think it's good that we did a little continuity there. And then Stump Mitchell, who was our run game coordinator um, slash running backs coach, um, he will be retained also. Apparently uh, he is the reason that um, – uh, Nick Chubb had the season he had, but uh, apparently as the run game coordinator, he was not uh, able to convince the head coach that the two running backs that he was coaching <laughs> deserved more than uh, six handoffs a game. But whatever, you know, hey. You well, know. hey, but maybe that's uh, maybe that was part of the meeting with uh, Stefanski that he was like, hey, man, uh, these guys are kind of good. We yeah. might want to use them a little more. Uh, yeah. and, and, and that worked. Uh, I guess so. I'm, I'm not. I'm not disappointed with keeping Stump. I think that's fine, and I would agree with you on the, on the special teams coaches, and that that was the only uh, unit that was uh, positive against league average for you know for the advanced statistics. So I mean, I, I got no problem um, keeping those two guys in there, and yeah, and it, having some continuity in the building is, is valuable. I think Stump is fine. However, we don't have. An offensive coordinator. We don't have a defensive coordinator. Do we have any defensive coaches? You know, we're still working through. Hey, we're gonna maybe keep these guys. We're not gonna keep these guys. I mean, the website for the Browns is hilarious. Is that it still has pretty much everybody listed who was still there. So Steve Wilkes, who was already known that he was gonna be let go, is still on the website as one of our coaches. Uh, Todd Monken, who's now I believe down in Georgia. Uh, is still on the website. And it's not like they haven't updated it because Freddie Kitchens is not our head coach. Kevin Stefanski is listed as our head coach. So you could update and edit that if you wanted to. But uh, like everything else in the Browns organization, doesn't seem to be um, a high priority for, for anyone. Well, if you, I, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't comment on this, but if you want a real laugher, uh, go to the history section of their team. And, uh, and you want to talk about an area that has not been updated in a while, I... I know a while ago they still had uh, Pat Shermer as the head coach, so I mean that's uh, we're a little lagging there. But uh, um, you, you know, I, I the the fact that they haven't hired an offensive coordinator, I think uh, the kind of the rumor that's being floated out there is the fact that uh, they may not hire an offensive coordinator. That um, apparently is still an option. Um, that uh, Stefanski would be the head coach slash offensive coordinator. Which I think um, I'll go on a limb and say that um, you know the two of us are probably um, not fans of that move. I, I just don't think. Once again, uh, we we're going down this road of a first-time head coach um, who is also going to take on the role of offensive coordinator. I, I don't. I just don't get that. I don't get that. I don't agree with that. I think it's a recipe for disaster. And, um, but hey, you know, who knows? I would agree with you. I mean, I mean, we just saw, um, what kind of happens a little bit when you are an unprepared head coach or when you're taking on those responsibilities for the first time and why add additional responsibilities to that? Yes, I understand it's your area of expertise, but we're also adding a whole nother layer, um, to your role. And I think anybody that's ever dealt with, being promoted when your responsibilities include a hundred percent of your former job and I don't know, 50% more work with whatever your new job is or more responsibility. 
it's it's hard to make those things balance. Um, you can still be involved, obviously, on that side of the ball, but being the primary point person for a specific side of the ball, I just don't think is a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea for any coach, let alone a first-year head coach. You know, if you're a guy like Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll or something like that, and somebody leaves your staff and you want to take that responsibility because you maybe don't think anybody is prepared for it that's on your staff currently right now and and you take on that role, I think that's a different story. But, yeah, we're on the same boat here. And and I'm going (laughs) to – if that's the case and then we start the season with Kevin Stefanski as our offensive coordinator slash head coach – uh, I will be running to the sports books and, and taking the under on number of wins for the Browns next season. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcast, at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Yeah, I, I just, um, I don't know. Like I said, it, I mean, you've already got somebody who, you know, they'll tell you he was the first choice, but clearly this guy was not the first choice. So you got a guy who already was someone who wasn't on your A list. It's probably a B, B minus, um, you, you know, list. And now not only are you going to give him the title that you probably didn't want to give him to begin with, you're going to add a second layer of responsibility to that. It's just... Like I said, it's it's uh, to me it's a recipe for disaster, which is pretty much par for the course. So, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, and then you see the rumor that hey, you know, hey, Joe Woods was all set to become our our defensive coordinator, and yes, I understand. Obviously, he has a game coming up here, the last game of the season, so not a, a horrible choice. The 49ers defense was was pretty impressive, um, you know, and championship weekend. But now you're seeing that the Niners are making a push to to keep him on staff, to make him, you know, maybe an assistant head coach, associate head coach, you know, a little higher pay. What's the likelihood that you think Joe Woods ends up in Cleveland as the defensive coordinator? Zero uh, percent. I mean, those. Those, um, you, you know, you always got to be careful, you know, when these rumors are out there that, you know, this person is interested, uh, et cetera, you have to look at the situation. I mean, would you rather the, the San Francisco 49ers are playing in the Super Bowl, okay? I mean, <laughs> would you rather stick with that team or come to a team where even if you sign a contract, and let, you know, let's say... Let's say you're not planning on being there for you. I mean, you still have to move your family. you got to go through all that stuff. And, and Who wants to come to an unstable situation from a team that is in the Super Bowl when, you know, if really if you're his agent, the smart thing to do is float the fact that you are interested in that. Well, because his contract's up. Yeah. I mean, so he's a, he's a coaching free yeah. agent right yeah. now. So now you, you're, you're playing, you know, really – the, the 49ers, um, you, you know, hey, this guy's taking you, helped take you to the Super Bowl. I mean, he's got all the leverage negotiation-wise, and now you've added this other piece where, hey, there's an offer for him to go to Cleveland. I think if if anything, it's just, uh, you know, it's going to force the hand of the 49ers to maybe um, offer him a little bit more than uh, – then he's, I don't want to say worth, but what he's obviously making now, upgrade that just to keep him in the building. Because they want to keep that core. That I mean, that's a young core that they have there. They want to keep that together, want to keep a little continuity. So I'm sure, 
they're going to try to retain all their coaches. They're not in the business of turning their coaching staff around every year or two years. So, I, I mean, to me, I don't see him coming here as a serious a serious thing. I think he's, he's going to want to stay with the 49ers. As we said before, I don't know how many times these guys have probably had meals as coaches, meetings as coaches. They've all talked to Kyle Shanahan. Uh, they know how Kyle Shanahan was treated by this organization. I don't see anyone, you know, lining up to be treated the same, even if it's for money. I mean, because hey, that, there's money out there in other places too, especially once they they win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, then he's going to even you're going to want to be even more wanted. Why why go somewhere that's, you know, kind of an outlier when you could go to a better situation somewhere else, even if you wait a year. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing. I mean, as I'm looking at the the chart right now, right, the Browns have no offensive coordinator, no quarterbacks coach, no tight ends coach, no offensive line coach, no defensive coordinator, no defensive line coach, no linebackers coach, and no DBs coach. Well, in all fairness, though, we have to interview yeah, wait, ten wait, people sorry. per position, so that's a lot of interviews. And no general manager. <laughs> well, no general. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's we we've committed ourselves to interviewing eight to ten people per position. Um, that, that's what we're doing. We're going to stick to that. Whether that means there'll be no viable candidates left by the time we're done with our process, well, then that's fine. We're sticking to our process. Well, and that's the thing is, right, I mean, other these other coaches are filling out their staffs. So, you know, you have the Giants filling pieces of their staff. You know, you have the Panthers filling pieces of their staff. And the Browns, the only guys we have on staff are folks that have been retained that were on the previous staff. And the new head coach. What have we been doing, though, then the past 10 to 12 days? Well, I'll tell you what is really going to get sticky is with the GM position. Um, because there's two, it looks like there's two guys that have kind of floated to the top. You've got Andrew Barry, uh, and then you've got George Patton. I, I really think Andrew Perry is the deep Podesta pick, and George Patton, who's with the Vikings, um, is the... Stefanski pick and I think who ends up getting that job is going to let you know who's running that team if if Patton you know if Patton becomes the GM then you know that Stefanski they've gone all in on Stefanski and he's getting what he wants um, if you go with Andrew Barry that means a deep Podesta the analytics side is winning and you know I think it's a recipe for disaster. And this is why we probably should have had that person in place first before we picked the head coach. Because now you can't tell me that Stefanski's not going to have his feathers ruffled if his choice for GM does not end up being the choice that they make. If they go ahead and they go with Andrew Barry, someone that he's not familiar with, and someone that is not his number one pick, how is that going to affect you know, him? I mean, like I say, you, you've already set this guy up. You've already put more work probably on his plate than he can handle as it is. And now psychologically he's going in knowing that, hey, we know that this was your choice for GM, but you know what? Tough. We went with somebody else. I mean, I just, I don't know. Yeah, and Patton's interesting, right? Because he started with Stefanski essentially at, at the Vikings. I mean, they've both been there about 13 seasons, so they're intimately familiar with one another. I mean, you're a coach for that long, and you're, you're working in front office personnel um, for the same organization. Those guys are going to know each other extremely well. And, and I don't have a problem. I mean, I, I outlined it last time. I'm not a huge Andrew Barry fan, just because, as, as you've always said, 
you don't necessarily know who's in the room making those decisions. But even looking, if he was the guy responsible for those decisions, those are not great decisions. Or if you were the person attempting to influence those decisions, well, you didn't do a good job of influencing those decisions because not a lot of them were great. I mean, a couple no-brainers from that standpoint. And like I said, you know, my daughter could have picked Andrew Luck, and sh- and she's eight years old. Uh, <laughs> and at the time she would have picked Andrew Luck, she would have been, what, one? And, yeah. and she still could have picked Andrew Luck. So, you know, I'm, I'm not giving a lot of credit for, for making the most obvious decision in um, – the league at the time, um, Patton. You know you're you're looking at the Vikings and what they've done over the last 13 years. They haven't been an otherworldly franchise, but they've been competitive consistently. Yeah. Um, so I am not averse to that choice. I don't think it would be a horrible choice if somebody who's consistently been in an organization that has largely made good decisions. Right. Any any team's going to have bad draft picks bad drafts but the majority of those picks have been productive that team has achieved at a level that if this browns franchise could have achieved at the vikings level for the past 13 years um kevin stefanski would not be our head coach right now because you know you you, they might not have fired the guy that that had been here for all 13 years yeah Yeah, you know and just looking through their draft i mean they've done relatively well um you know, in the uh, at least in the first two rounds, they've done relatively well, relatively well. But once again, um, I guess we'd have to know. You know how how much uh, was he a part of the decisions were made? I mean, there are a couple questionable high draft picks. Um, uh, you know, obviously the quarterback position, um, Christian Ponder. Right? Well, I mean, you want to talk about quarterback decisions. I mean, I, I, I think you can largely eliminate quarterback decisions almost for everybody. It's a, it's you can't tell me anyone knows. Yeah, well, I'm just worried about it because I feel like in two years we're going to need someone to pick a quarterback. Well, and then just do what everybody else does: grab a dartboard, throw it out there, and and see who's there. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is as I don't think that. The picks have been every year. You're like those guys are, are nailing it, but they're hitting it enough yeah. that you know they won. I mean, what did they win? Twelve games this year? Yeah. Oh no, no, you know they've been competitive. You know, I just like I said, more than anything, I'm not even so much worried about the players that they've chosen. I'm not really so much worried about experience. I think more than anything, um, I'm worried about who's running the organization. Um, because I, I think if, if you end up with Andrew Barry, then you, you're going to have a, a natural rift, a natural division within the building before you even get started uh, putting the rest of the stuff together. Yeah, although I will say they did take um, Teddy Bridgewater instead of Johnny Manziel. So, um, you know. Eh. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but to go, so the ponder thing kind of yeah, shifts. Uh <laughs> I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that because I think if if the Podesta interviewed him last year and he interviewed him again this year, then Stefanski has to be somewhat on board with taking an analytical approach to his job. I don't think he would have made it this far this time if he was not. Yeah. And so I don't I, I agree with you that there might be some, but I don't think it would be 
hey, you got to tear this all down already immediately. I think it might be a little, oh, man, come on, seriously. But I think if you bring in Andrew Barry, that Stefanski has been vetted enough that he's on board enough with what De Podesta wants to do that it's not going to be a, a major issue. Although it's one of those things that if enough of those little things build up, then it becomes a problem. Yeah, I, well, like I said, I, I would have preferred, I guess I, I come from the camp that would have preferred us picking the GM first. Um, th- then you have less of a chance of there being a rift because now, that, you know, you never want the employee being the one who picks the boss. It just doesn't, I don't think it ever works out. I mean, I can't. Yeah, yeah and, and they've already said that it's not going to be Elliot Wolf. Yeah, right, is... and, and so and they haven't said anything about Alonzo Highsmith. But if you're not going to make it Elliot Wolf, then you're probably not going to make it Alonzo Highsmith, even though he already turned down that that position down in Miami. So it's probably not going to be somebody internal, yeah. right? That 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 gets that promotion. So it'll be an interesting process. And I thought we would be further along than it appears we are, which means one of two things, Tony. One of these things would make me joyously happy and the other one would be business as usual i'll start with business as usual business as usual is that we don't know what we're doing and we don't have a sterling reputation and so we can't get coaches to take promotions or opportunities to come to this organization because of what you said earlier hey we know enough coaches that have gone that road and it has not been productive for them. So I will stay in my current role for an extra year and then I will look for opportunity with an organization that I feel has more stability, even though obviously you generally get hired for those things when there is a little bit of instability in those organizations. However, the other way I, if I put on my rose colored glasses would be that, they're doing their due diligence and people in the organization have finally learned to keep their mouth shut. So there's not a lot of leakage of information out there to fuel the rumor mill. Now the likelihood of that is (laughs) minuscule to non-existent. But if I threw on my, my Brown's colored glasses and wanted to look at that, that would be the way I would hope it's going. That's not the way I would necessarily bet if I was, if I was heading down to the, well, I understand the do and due diligence, but you can do the due diligence at a uh, much faster pace. Uh, I mean, I would agree. And I feel like, you know, with the head coach, I don't know what their chances were of. I think we landed the coach that we were probably going to land based on our past history. I don't think, uh, you know, pushing the search, uh, you know, and, and starting it sooner or, you know, loading up the interviews a little bit more than we did would have landed us someone different. I think that we got who we were going to get based on where we're at. But um, you, you just, I don't know. I just, I get the feeling that um, we're, we're just at a place where you're not going to get any of these top tier guys, which just makes it harder to get it right. Um, you know, I, I guess you could, you could still win at some point, but I don't think you're going to build a championship staff doing it the way we're doing it uh, anytime soon. Um, simply because um, 
you're basically getting scraps. I mean, that's what happened to us in 99. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, Chris Palmer was not our first choice of coach. Great guy, but he wasn't our first choice of coach. And then what, what did we end up with? We ended up with every assistant coach that didn't get a job anywhere else came to our staff, and you ended up with a two-win seat. I mean, that's what you get when, when you – I mean, there's a reason people don't want these folks. I mean, there's a reason why people, like, uh, you know, like I, I think I mentioned before we went on air here, with uh, Kubiak. I mean, there was all this talk, oh, yeah, probably going to be one of the Kubiaks coming to Cleveland. We got this great relationship between the two. And, you know, what, Kubiak just signed as offensive coordinator, you know, with Minnesota. He's staying there. So all these great relationships that we keep floating and, and reasons why we bring guys in, oh, everyone respects them and people are going to want to come work for them. Where are all these people that are supposedly lined up to come take a job with this guy? I mean, I, we're just not seeing it. So, um, you know, other, other than the assistant GM who was apparently interviewed with us twice now, um, you know, he seems to be the only guy coming to get a job. But, I, I mean, I guess I would be too if I get a nice promotion to general manager and probably a hefty contract. And um, I, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I hate to be a, I hate to always be a, try not to be negative. I was trying to turn over a new leaf this year, but I guess if I was going to do that, I'd probably have to do a podcast for another team. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the only way that's going to happen. It's hard not to be negative because I don't understand why these things aren't moving the way they're moving. And when you look at the names that are being floated out there, that they're, they're these third tier names. We, we, we start off the coaching search with, uh, you know, hell, Jimmy Johnson coming out of retirement, Bill Cower coming here. You know, I, I saw so and so in Strongsville. You know, buying a house, and and then we end up with uh, Kevin Stefanski, which you know, you know, hey, he's got a better, uh, you know, coaching pedigree than I do, but he is not Bill Cower. He is not, you know, he's not any of the names that were listed as potential people. And you know, so if you didn't get the top guy, and now we're not getting the assistants, like what are what are our chances of actually, you know? being good anytime soon with what we've we're assembling here well i mean and that's the challenge um i mean we don't even know what players we're retaining i mean let's look at the roster the the guys who may not be here um you you know next season that's another thing we got to start looking at i mean we're talking about coaches i mean we've got quite a few players um on this roster that aren't going to be here so if we already started out uh, before we got in this coach's search, GM search, with you know, I'd say at least 10 holes that we needed to fill. I mean, how many more holes are going to be created between now and the time free agency and the draft get going? I mean, yeah. I mean, the question is, I mean, realistically to me is the Browns are probably, I mean, where do you think they are? I think they're middle tier in terms of if you're looking at the, the coaching hires that were made this offseason. Um, and where people would want to go. I'm not saying that our head coach is better, right, because you have Ron Rivera in Washington. And I, I understand that he went to Washington over the Browns. I mean, maybe that's a wash. I don't know which organization you would pick out of those two. Um, neither seems to be great. I think Dallas, if, if you're a coach and, and Mike McCarthy calls, that's your number one. Um, that team looks like it. You know, has some legs and and could be very good very quickly. Um, from that standpoint, the Panthers, right? Matt Rule, I think that probably has a little more upside than we have. The Giants, I, I just don't see it. Um, I mean, I just don't see the talent on that roster necessarily to 
to be better than the Browns. Um, not that I doubt. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about Joe Judge and whether he's going to be a good coach or not. But from looking at that standpoint, I would clearly put Dallas ahead of us. I would clearly put uh, Carolina ahead of us in terms of if I was an assistant coach looking for a job. I would put New York below us. Granted, I understand the history and the tradition of that franchise. I just don't think that that franchise is there right now. And I guess I would I would call it... I would put us ahead of Washington. I, I would. Just because of the length of time Daniel Snyder's been in charge. Right? He's been running a crazy organization for three times as long as the Haslam's have. So... You know you're getting crazy when you go to Washington. Oh. There's opportunities still for the Haslam's to turn around in that they're still in the, granted it's been several years, they're still in the initial phases of their ownership compared to, to Daniel Snyder. So I would put the Browns a solid three out of five. Yeah. Although the, the teams below us, you know, specifically, you know, that Washington team, I don't know if I'd rather work for the history and tradition of Ron Rivera over Mike over uh, Kevin Stefanski, but putting the Browns three out of five there. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I just um, the, the the Schneider thing for me was, you know, and of course that was one of the first dominoes as far as coaching jobs to be filled. That that I, I don't know what the situation is there. I, I you know obviously we're not privy to the conversation. So while while we know that ownership there is bad. Um, we don't know what was promised to Ron Revere that made him because he, he seemed to sign and take that job relatively quickly. Um, so um, that's something where you don't even know if that may have been in the works before we, um, you know, the season even yeah. fully ended. Yeah, it could have. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Like I said, it, it, you know, for us, the, the, the thing we're up against is just the reputation that we have created. And it's not a good reputation. And in, Everybody in you know the coaching ranks and the coaching circles, they talk to one another, and that's why I'll go back and say, you know, I've said I think the chances of anybody leaving that 49ers organization to come here are slim to none. I, I just, I, I just, I feel like anybody who did that would probably be burning some bridges. Um, you know, people will always understand taking a job for the opportunity. But if like if you've been sitting for a full year in a coach's room with somebody and they've been telling you the horror stories of the way they've been treated and then you went ahead and jumped into that, um, <laughs> I, I think I think people are probably going to question your judgment, um, you know, down the road. And I don't know. So, yeah, no, I agree. So before we wrap up here, Tony, though, we do have a Super Bowl coming up at some point, yes, and yes, we can we technically talk about it a little a little more um, next week. But as you're getting your bye week mojo going, looking at it right now, um, who do you got? Well, well, first let's not jump over uh, the the Pro Bowl. I, I mean, I definitely. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I got the AFC winning that one uh, in a barn burner, probably forty two thirty five. Although the like past that. few Pro Bowls have not been like you know the Pro Bowls of the you know. Yeah. Uh, Early part of the decade there, because yeah. I think it was like twenty four, twenty three, or something last year. Uh, I don't think they've hit the over in a couple years. I don't know. I think this year it's going to be a little bit different. All I right. mean, you've got some, you got some different quarterbacks in there now. You got, uh, <laughs> well, when you think about it, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, the best quarterbacks really weren't showing up at the Pro Bowl because they were in the Super Bowl. I, I, I think other than Mahomes, um, the best 
quarterback probably this year is going to be in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I, I mean, you haven't had that in the past. So I'm sure um, he's going to want to show off a little bit while he's there. So, um, yeah, but but get so we'll jump ahead. I, I, 42-35 AFC is, is okay. my prediction for the Pro Bowl. Okay, so you would take the points, or you'd give the points too, because it's, it's AFC by one, and they're favored by one and a half. Yeah, no, I, I've talked to some of the guys. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like the game plan's solid. I right. had a great week of practice. Uh, all right. Uh, you know, hanging out with Mickey Mouse, and uh, we should be ready to roll. The over-under is 51. What do you got? Are you taking the over on that? I'm taking the over on that. Okay. Yeah. All right. 42-35. I'm not great with math, but yeah. Yeah, I'm just making sure. <laughs> I'm just making sure. Um, and, and then Super Bowl-wise, I think early, early out of the gate, um, you know, I'll say one thing. About, I was just thinking about this this morning. Uh, I was kind of let you, it's a little inside glimpse into what I think about when I'm eating my four donuts for breakfast. Um, I thought, man, this would be one year. This is one year where I really wish that uh, the NFL had the um, – baseball format or NBA format for the championship. Okay. I would love to see a best of seven <laughs> with these teams. Like, I don't know, maybe give them a two-day break in between games. <laughs> two-day uh, break. Uh, but uh, I, I, I just, I think this is going to be an amazing game. It's going to be, um, you know, not that last year wasn't amazing. A lot of people bash last year's game because of the low scoring. I thought it was great to watch two great defenses. Um, but I think this is going to be a shootout. It's going to be... Uh, special to watch. Really looking forward to it. Um, it I, right now, I definitely got to go with the 49ers. I just, I just feel like right now, Kyle Shanahan has that offense going. I mean, he, he's he's pulling all the right strings. Like okay. he's calling the right plays, putting his guys in the right position or in a position to be successful. Um, they're just fun to watch, and um, so I, I gotta go with the. Uh, I'm gonna go with the 49ers. Okay, they're the they're they're, they're dog. I mean, they're one and a half. Is you know you can get a pick them at some places, yeah. um, but the the plus money even when it's pick them is still still with the Niners. So they're still still the dog. I mean, not a substantial one. I mean, one and a half is yeah. you know really not not a lot. I might as well just play the money line at, at that point. I but could change with one arrest during the Super Bowl. It could, it could, that's why you wait, right? That's why you wait. Or, you know, what happened uh, when when I was with the Bucks and we won, uh, your center just decides to go to Mexico. Yeah. You know? Except next to a donkey painted as a zebra yeah. in a stable somewhere. And uh, <laughs> so your all-pro center is <laughs> no longer uh, delivering the snaps on Sunday, and that, that works out... Uh, Worked out well for me. I don't know how it worked yeah. out for those Raiders, but uh, yeah. worked out well for me. Thanks, Barrett Robbins. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I'm going to have to agree with you. I, I like the Niners. I think the Chiefs played so well after getting down in those two games, but I don't think either of those defenses really compares to what the Niners has to offer um, from a defensive side of the ball. I just think that their pass rush is so much better than what the, than the Texans and the Titans, yeah. that it, it's going to be a different style of game for the Chiefs. Not saying that they can't be successful. I think it's going to be wildly entertaining. But I would I would have to just take the Niners as well, um, and I'd probably take them straight up one and a half. You're not you're not swaying me. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just I, like I said, I think it's going to be fun to watch. Um, Obviously, Mahomes is um, he'll, you know, he'll be the guy that they're going to need to control. 
but I think their defense is good enough. They can at least keep him contained. I mean, you, you're going to – you got to say he's probably going to end up with 250, 300 yards passing, like minimum. I, I mean, you know he's going to be able to get some rushing yards. Uh, as long as you can contain that and, and you know, let him march down the field, but I, I think their defense is good enough to uh, maybe get them to stall out and, and get some turnovers early. I think you've got to get on them early, and then once you get on them early, as we've seen in the last couple of games, um, you got to keep it going because here's this is a team that could come back um, quickly, um, score quickly. And um, like I said, I just think it's going to be an exciting game to watch. Um, I, I don't like the fact that we've got to wait so long. I, I mean, this is the one time where I think the two-week delay – I don't want to say it's going to kill the game, but man, I'd, I would just love to watch this game this weekend. Like it would be nice if it was just this yeah. weekend. I know it's easier well, it's a, on the like, teams, well, but you know, I just mentioned Super Bowl thirty-seven, right? Bucks Raiders. That was the last no bye week. Yeah, I mean, we beat Philly on Sunday, flew back to uh, Tampa that night. We flew out to San Diego Monday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and then. You know, we get into San Diego, and then you had the week, um, and that was it. So, I, I like I like the bye week from a chance of I like the players getting a chance to rest. I don't like the bye week from kind of the standpoint you're saying of Hey, man, I I'm, I'm hyped for it. Yeah. I want to see it, and I hate just this week is just endless of. Talk and talk and talk, and everybody's yeah. saying the same thing for for two weeks. I can yeah. listen to it for a week, but at, at the second week, I'm I, I tune out a little bit. Yeah. Well, but the Browns have been tuned out of the Super Bowl for the last fifty four years. Um. So hey, ouch. Hey, Browns backers, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Chub check. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.